Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. So great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Um, You know, many of you have heard me talk about, you know, what my experience is like having some of the most fantastic mentors along the way to becoming me to where I am today and what the evolution of that is. And not too long ago, I shared a story about being part of what we call the coming of age program and getting to be part of and study certain traditions with my friend of the Lakota traditions and what that meant. And I talked about my naive and ignorance as part of that journey and what I learned and what I've come to honor and what I've come to understand better. And yet along the way, you know, all of us here, we become students if we're willing to be taught. You know, today, I'm really thrilled to have Luke Blue Eagle join me here today. Because one of the things that I love is understanding how to learn from the elders, how to learn. And he studied extensively with the elders from different First Nations. He's been working as a traditional spiritual counselor, teacher, and healer since late 80s. He's the author of over eight books, eight CDs, all of this to bring forward what we can learn from shamanic practitioners, what we can learn when we're dedicated to healing of humanity in the earth. And I somehow wish that where we are today in this dedication to to healing of humanity and the earth, that we really understood so much of these traditions, so much of what the elders have tried to share but how little we get to listen in today's world. But today, I'm thrilled to have him joining us here today to talk about crystals and stones from Mother Earth, to talk about the indigenous medicine people and what this was like, what we've learned from this. Because I made a statement the other day on air, and I got a lot of emails about it. And I think he will, he will find this a little bit funny. I made the statement the other day that once upon a time, before we could go to a pharmacy to heal or go to a hospital to heal, there were things that we learned and things that were passed on to us from indigenous people all over the world. They were traditions that were taught and passed on to us. And yet, here we are today, an opportunity to honor these and discover what true healing is about. 
today, I'm thrilled to have him join us here today because the book that he has written is, first of all, it's beautifully written, but it also explains the importance of understanding the elements. It's important to understand the directions. It's important what happens when you bring everything together and you have experiences like this. You know, even if you've not heard of them before, this is going to be a journey we go on. And I realized today, as I'm going to get to talk with him, that why citrine shows up in my life these days, you know, why coyote has always been an interesting visitor to me. But beyond that, get ready for a journey and a ride during this show and getting to an understanding of how you might hear yourself. Um, Luke Blue Eagle is joining us here today. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Great to have you on the show. Um, I'm a girl from New York City. I grew up in the Bronx. I know you're laughing, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I grew up in a place where everything is cement, right? So what you got to play on when you were, were a kid was you climbed these metal monkey bars, right? So much so, my dad cemented the entire backyard. So we didn't even have grass. So the fact that the later years of my life, moving to Seattle, the fact that I had opportunities to discover things in the world of life and nature, of ways that didn't even read about in books is fascination to me. But the healing property of what you're bringing forward is what the world needs now. How do we heal ourselves and heal the earth? Where do we begin that story? Well, uh, we have to come back to nature. You know, the, this is the most important thing that people have completely forgot is that you're a part of nature and that uh, actually disease is a very beneficial thing because disease, disease, if you really understand it, is telling you that something is not in harmony in your life. There's something that you need to learn. There's something that you need to acquire uh, in, in your understanding of your life path so that you can move forward in a harmonious way. It's actually a beneficial thing. But it, and uh, the path to healing, like one of my elders said, you know, when you get somebody coming to you for healing, they have to leave you a better person than when they arrived. Unless... Uh, or you're not doing your, your job right, you know. And this is what, you know, healing in a holistic manner is not like seeing a doctor, he gives you a prescription, you've got nothing to do, you just take the prescription. It's completely different. The path towards healing is learning why the disease is there and why it's, it has occurred in your life. And uh, if we ignore that, well, then we end up in a situation like we have today when where there are new diseases appearing every week and uh, where most of the people are very very sick uh, and some of them don't even know they're sick because you know they they're not responsible for their health it's they've given that responsibility over to the um, medical industry and uh, that's a completely different, uh, you know, before the Europeans came to North America, there was a, a study that was made to try to determine how many diseases there were. 
uh, before uh, they arrived here, and they only found 86 diseases, you know. And if you look in the medical books today, there's over 100,000 uh, diseases and new yeah. ones appearing every week. So it, it's a very, very different situation. And we could identify very clearly why the person uh, was sick. And this was a part of her life path back to health. Like if you, uh, any, any type of disease, if you use natural products or natural ways to heal, when you do heal, the healing is permanent. If you use medication, you haven't healed anything. What you have done is you have put a band-aid over the symptom, yep. but the disease is still there. And the thing about it is that every single medication, being a chemical product, has side effects. So in time, these side effects create more diseases, which require more medication, and it's a non-ending cycle of disease and medication where you end up, you know, uh, in this dire situation we are in today. So, um, you know, people were very, very healthy, you know, yeah. feats of strength and endurance and stamina. People that the people used to do, people can't do that anymore. Even the white people that came over in the beginning, they couldn't match at all what the native people could do as far as physical strength and stamina and endurance, you know, and that's, you know, I like the, uh, the approach that the uh, Taoist in uh, China have to, uh, the, uh, to spirituality, they start by training the body in martial arts. And when that body becomes a well-honed tool, you know, that can accomplish just about anything, then they go to meditation, then they go to the sutras, and the prayers and, and the vigils and, you know, all the ceremonies that uh, bring about. Because, you know, your body needs to be really healthy if you're going mm. to evolve on the spiritual path. Everything is connected. So uh, healing is a holistic journey where we try to integrate um, the whole being. That means your physical being, of course, but also your emotional being that has powerful influence over your physical your mental body that has incredible influence over your physical and the spiritual body also, mm -hmm. which has influence over all of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, which is, you know, we have people that are uh, atheists today, you know, that don't have any spirituality. I remember when I was a young man, a young child, I was, I think I was seven or eight years old. And I had always been very, very spiritual my whole life. I have memories from a very young age of, incredible things and uh my next door neighbor the, the little boy that was my age uh said that he didn't believe in god and that his family didn't believe in god and i was astounded i was thumbstruck i was struck by lightning when he said that I said, how can a person live in ignorance of the basic reality that underlies our lives everything is created by spirit Things begin in spirit world before they manifest on earth. Much more things exist in spirit world than exist in the physical material world, which is only a small aspect of existence mm -hmm. or, or, you know, what, 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 is, what happens in, in life. So, and also that you're, you're limited to understanding your life in one lifetime, which is so small, you know, we live thousands of lives here on the planet before we go elsewhere you know it's 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 a, it's an incredible journey 
And to limit that to one lifetime is just, people are really, really handicapped today in, in many, many, many ways. Yeah. So healing is a very multidimensional path or journey uh, coming to understanding who we truly are. Uh, what we truly are is much more than just a physical body. We have uh, an emotional body. We have a mental body. We have a soul. We have a spirit. And all of these things uh, are a part of who we are, and they integrate into the greater whole, mm -hmm. into the whole universe. We have links with everything. You know, our, our people always said, but, you know, the deer is my sister, and the bear is my brother, and the plants, they're, they're part of my family, you know, and the crystals, the same thing. The crystals, we, we can communicate with them. And, and the communication is so powerful that sometimes they grow for us, you know, and they're not in any kind of solution. They just grow because they're happy. Uh, and uh, people have been a witness to, to at certain times when they grow in front of us. And mm -hmm. it's, it's like they take on substance immediately. It's like the flash and the poof, you see a, a whole another layer that just happens to appear in midair. It's a fantastic experience. And so, because these are living beings, and that's why science is so limited, because they consider this as inanimate objects, and nothing in the world is inanimate. Everything yeah. is alive, except technology. Technology is really dead. Yeah, but all is. the rest is alive. You know, a machine does not reproduce itself. Like an animal can reproduce itself. A plant can reproduce itself. A human can reproduce itself. A car cannot reproduce itself. It's dead. It's really dead. All technology is dead. And it's it's the where we're living in a, in a world of death right now. Yeah, I and agree with spreading. you. Yeah, it is spreading. And you know what's really interesting about this is it's reflected in the way we're seeing it show up in our pop culture. When you think about the movies that are hitting the screens or the series that you, whether it doesn't matter where you're watching it there is a, a sense of taking us back before the time, taking us back before machines and before phones. It's, it's, it's almost as if there is a vision for what we need to go back and connect with. And what I love about the book and what you say out of the book, and we're going to talk about this when we come back from break, is you say, look, there are just three preliminary things. There's three things that you just got to get yourself ready before you, you work with crystals. I love this because most people don't outline this for us. And you say, one, having a spiritual practice out of the gate, got to do that. Two, having respect for the living nature of crystals, so important. And three, demonstrating a willingness to protect and help nature and Mother Earth. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, are you willing to step up to that challenge? See, those three things are so key that if you were to think about them personally right now, I guarantee you, you'd be able to act on every single one of them. But which one is the hardest for you? Which one is the one that you haven't been able to do to really find the healing nature of things? When we come back, Luke Blue Eagle is going to take us on that journey and much more. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Life can be demanding, but sometimes our wheels are spinning and we're too focused on making them turn to notice we're stuck in the mud. 
Tune into The Pause with me, Ellen Wyoming Deloy, every second and fourth Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. Learn how to stop, reflect, and start moving forward with intention. And if you're really looking to jumpstart your personal development, schedule a free coaching consultation with me at ellenwyomingdeloy.com. Who taught you or your kids how to handle stress? That's right, no one. I'm combat veteran Deb Lewis, and I'm on a mission to change that. My new children's book, Why is Pono Not Pono Today, is set in Hawaii. Lovable characters, Pono the Bull and his friend Kuleana, show us how a stressful situation ends happily. Look closer to reveal powerful ways to handle all types of stress. Start loving your stress-filled life today. Go to mentallytoughwomen.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of The Dr. Pat Show. Is your life stressful and unfulfilling? Would you like to make changes but just don't know how? I want to recommend The Necktie and the Jaguar, fabulous book by Carl Greer. This is a memoir. It has questions that help us understand what our story is about, how to change it, and how to live a life that is so aligned with who we are. For more information to purchase the book, go to transformationtalkradio.com or go to carlgreer.com. Join Jennifer Noel Taylor on the hit show, Quantum Touch Radio, supercharging your life on transformationtalkradio.com. You'll take a quantum journey as well as reveal powerful yet simple steps to create more abundance, better health, emotional and mental vibrancy and happier relationships using universal quantum touch principles. For more information, visit quantumtouch.com. Did you know that each Enneagram type has a different worldview, different patterns of thinking, feeling and behaving? They also have essential qualities that are unique to their type. Understanding this helps us develop more tolerance, respect, and appreciation for ourselves and others. Renee Siegel works with individuals, couples, families, and groups using the Enneagram to build better relationships as a tool in addiction recovery. Visit URPurePotential.com for more info. Can you truly say that you know and love yourself? Corny Cottrell is an author, speaker, and 21-year active duty Master Chief with the U.S. Navy, here to encourage you to take back your power and live your life with intention and purpose. Tune in to Unapologetically Favored every fourth Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. Walk in your purpose. Visit unapologeticallyfavored.com to learn more about Courtney. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. I want to give a copy of this book away. I cannot, I cannot say this enough to, to all of you. I just don't know how to say it. And you know, we've done a lot of shows, you know, we've talked a lot about spiritual journey, haven't really talked much about my own spiritual journey and the gifts that I've been given. Um, One of you asked me if I would share my first vision quest, which of course, never talked about, kind of sacred, did write some notes about it never talked about what it was like for me to be invited to participate in ceremony that I felt most of the time I had no right being there. But one of the things that Luke Blue Eagle is doing today is helping us work with the teachers of the mineral kingdom. And I want to just say to everybody here, these three preliminary things that you brought out in the book they are essential 
to the rhythm of life. Not only working with minerals, but those three things that you set forth, those three things that you set forth in the beginning of the book before we even start are essential and they're essential to healing. But you take us on this beautiful, beautiful journey. And I've gotten a lot of books over years. I've been doing this 18 years, the network for 10 on crystals. But what you talk about and how you invite us into the world of healing is profoundly powerful. And the stories that you share. See, we have to live by our stories, don't we? We've forgotten how to tell stories, I think. What do you think? It's the most important part of education. It's the stories. And when an elder starts talking, that's what they'll be talking about. You know, I've seen white people come up to an elder, ask a question, and the elder tells a story, you know, about his own life. And that white person is completely disappointed. He didn't answer my question. But actually, the elder did answer the question, but in a way that he could relate to. You know, it's a different way of coming. You know, stories are the backbone of all cultures, all native cultures, all through the world, because they give an explanation of the world we live in, in a way that the children will be enchanted to listen to. And it, it impregnates the subconscious mind in a profound way. This is why we have um, so many shamans in Native culture. Because, you know, it, it happens that people have a near-death experience. And if they've, had, if they've listened to the stories, they'll recognize what's happening on the other side. And they'll be able to bring back a souvenir. Lots of people who have near-death experiences in the in the western technological world don't remember anything because they have no way of understanding what they're seeing on the other side whereas in native culture when the people go to the other side they have a framework because you know understanding the spiritual world is just as important as understanding the physical world actually more important because the physical world is transitory and always changing and the spiritual world is permanent and eternal So it's much better to understand the spiritual sides of things because that's something that will remain with you forever and ever and ever. And, you know, one of the things you share beautifully before we even talk about the crystals in the book is you really help us understand, you know, the ritual, the ritual, the spiritual ritual about the four directions. You help us understand the laws of healing, you know, and this is part of the journey that gets left out, especially in the conversation of crystals. You know, it's great to have a crystal on your desk. It's great if you're somebody that's drawn to something. But the question then becomes, how do we tap in to the healing power when you bring all of it together? When you bring the conversation together, the cardinal directions together? When you bring this all together, because isn't that what you're doing in the book? You're not just doing a book on crystals. Yes, I, I, you need context. What most books on crystals lack is context. I mean, you have to, our, our minds it, it are, is what making the work of healing possible. The crystal isn't doing anything. The crystal is an amplifier, transformative. Of, he transforms the energy. It transforms the energy or amplifies it for 
whatever process you're in with that person that you want to bring help to. It's not doing anything on its own. The proof is that, you know, our, in our technological world, all many of the electronics uh, are powered by crystals. What's in the televisions, what's in the cameras, what's in, it's all crystals. And they're just, you know, they're singing by Coca-Cola, you know, they're, they're, they're putting out whatever we're putting through them, you know. So the first thing you need to work with is yourself. You know, you can't start working uh, right away with crystals because you're not going anywhere, you know, uh, if you're working only with the crystals because the crystal is only amplifying what you are. So you have to be able to control your thoughts. You have to be able to control your emotions. And then you have to be able to have some sense of the electromagnetic magnetic fields that your car, your body is emanating and that the crystal will amplify and is also emanating that will influence the electromagnetic field of the other person because that's energy healing. When you're working with crystals, you're energy healing. So you're working with the energies because that's what the crystal amplifies, you know all types of energy, you know. And, you know, one of the things I want to talk about is when we're looking at this, crystals have structures, right? You know, there are some crystals that some people look at and they think this is a structure, but yeah, it looks pretty. But some structures there, you know, there's a hardness of stones and a hardness of crystals. And yet when we work with them, and you talk about this throughout the book, how do we then work with the five elements? Let's talk about the elements for a minute. Um, there may be some people that are listening that have an experience with them. Uh, there may be some people that don't. You know, I know that the hardest thing for me, one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, and believe me, I've been homeless. <laughs> my mom committed suicide. I was homeless. I was locked up for something I didn't do. There are a whole lot of things that happened in my life. But one of the most the hardest thing and most amazing thing I've ever done is when I was asked to be a firekeeper for the stones, for a sweat. The, the enormous pressure that I felt and yet the honor at the same time. See, it's really even hard for me to even describe without getting all teary-eyed. But the feeling never stopped. And that moment in my life when I was physically ill, really ill, and my experiences and those moments in my life changed me, transformed me. But the hard, I mean it, the hardest thing I ever do was trying to get those rocks from the pit into the sweat lodge without hurting anybody. But yet I was guided spiritually. And to this day, I cannot tell you how I remembered how to bring those in to a very dark place and do it perfectly. And that's what I want to ask you. You know, there is a spiritual guidance that we all have access to. And whether it's stones or rocks, there is a way to bring these all together. And, and that's what you're bringing forward in the book, right? You're bringing forward a way to really look towards the wisdom and the lessons that, you know, we can learn from the elders but using them in modern day world, because we need them, don't we? It's the most important thing. You know, the, this, this is a very critical time in the history of humanity, because uh, for the past 12,000 years, 
we have strayed from our original instructions. We have strayed away from, um, from the way we should be living. And so we're getting more and more sick, more and more uh, handicapped in many, many ways. We don't have the bodies we used to have. We don't have the emotional support we used to have in communities. We don't have the mental acuity we used to have. We depend on machines for our memory and our spirituality is nearly dead. And uh, so we're, the farther we're moving away from nature and the what we call our original instructions, the way that humanity should live, the more we're losing uh, our full potential as human beings. And so this is, so it's, it's very, 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 very important that we come back to the, the basics. And, uh, you know, the, the, the big mistake here is what we call civilization. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what's been happening for the past 12,000 years. And what's typical of all civilizations, there's been 24 different civilizations in the past 12,000 years. And what all of them have done is try to dominate, try to dominate other people with their armies, try to dominate nature with their machines. It's a, it's a, it's a politics of domination on mm -hmm. other people mm -hmm. and, other, other, and the world we live in. And the native way, and I'm, when I speak of native way, it's not just North America. It's mm -hmm. all over the planet. I've got right. shamans from all continents. We all have the same spirituality. We have to work in interdependence, with, in collaboration with the world around us. You know, there's, there's so many uh, falsities and lies in the education that people receive today about who we were and what life used to be. Uh, you know, they, they had the idea that life was difficult in the natural world. What is difficult is the people, the way they live today. I mean, the people, they have to work like sometimes 40 hours a week. Yeah. And, and, the, and they hardly see their families anymore. And they come home after work and they're, you know, they're, they're fatigued and they're drained and they're often doing things they don't like. Uh, and you look at people who work in nature, they're always relaxed. They work maybe two or three hours a day. The rest of the time, they're having fun with their families or they're traveling or, you know, they, you'd never see a person in working in nature with stress. Nobody is stressed, sometimes on the hunt, but that is the men who have in, enjoy that, you know, that rush of uh, being at the maximum of what they are you know that, that that's like an athlete you know an athlete takes pleasure in really going to the utmost of what his physical body is able to maintain well that's not you know it's not like being stressed at work you know doing things you don't like to work like i look at the some of the men that are working on construction jobs i mean you know at the, they come to when they're 50 years old and their body is wasted you know uh, and if you look at people in our culture, the normal lifespan of the spiritual people of North America was around 125. That was a normal lifespan. Some work, some would live longer than that. Uh, we have some very, very old people. They have to hide today because the civilization does not tolerate the existence of this because that would prove things that they're um that they want to hide from the the, the population you know uh, but you know when you're really healthy 
you can live for a very, very long time. And, you know, at the beginning, we used to live even longer than that. But, you know, this is, these are all accumulation of many, many programming, conditioning, false ideas, false uh, education that have been building up for the past 12,000 years because of a spirit of domination. We have to come back to a spirit of collaboration with nature and with each other. And we don't need all technology. You know, it'll take generations to get back to that because our, our bodies are no longer able to sustain a life in nature, you know, just adjusting to the heat and the cold. Uh, our bodies are no longer able to do that, you know, and uh, all the knowledge that you need to live in nature, you know, you need a lot more knowledge than what you yeah. can acquire at school. A good example of the uh, incredible development a uh, human being experiences in nature can be very well explained by just the following example. You take a child in a modern world and you put him in a classroom to learn what life is about. He'll spend you know, many days of the week in a classroom between four walls listening to the same person all the time. You put a person in nature and uh, now they have the sounds of everything that's moving around them, the, the wind and the trees of the animals calling of the, all the work that's going on. They have the smells of the natural world around them. They have constantly changing environment. You know, everything is changing all the time. The sun, the moon, the stars, the leaves that are moving, the animals that are moving, the fire that's moving. Everything is always alive and moving around them. So they're stimuli that they're receiving every single second is like a thousandfold more than that person that's in the classroom. So they're being stimulated on all levels, physical, emotional also, because they're close to their family. They're always with their families. People live with their children all the time and in community. You know, I remember this one study where they studied how, how many times the people in a natural community would touch each other. It was like 16 times a minute. Yeah. You know, it's like, and you look at today, the teachers in the classroom, if they touch the students, they can get brought to court. You oh, know? Yeah. It's like, it, it's, uh, it's incredible. The, 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 the um, how would we say it? It's like a, a desert, an emotional We're desert. disconnected. We're emotionally disconnected. And emotionally disconnected, physically disconnected. And, you know, for the first time, I think in our history, We've had to be physically disconnected and, and people are getting a sense of it to the extreme. And so somebody asked me a question and to what you're talking about, somebody asked me a question and they asked me the question is, what do you think, can you find an upside of what we've been through for two years? I said, well, I could tell you one upside. I mean, now I hug everybody I see, everybody I haven't seen. I said, you know, the upside is hopefully we will learn to connect more. But to, to your point, something happens when you're in nature. I mean, really in nature, to your point, something happens and you are forever changed by it. You know, if you watch a group of youngsters, they go on a nine month journey to learn some of the traditions that go to the exploration of understanding the power of smoke. You know, these youth that get to build their own sweat lodge out of raw material, and you watch them, and you watch them in the beginning, some of them so out of control, 
that you can't keep them still in a room in their first night alone. And you watch them at the end of nine months and they're standing up and they're delivering a credo, a message. And if we could see the power of that, we would be hungry for it. And what you're talking about, and I'm going to talk to you about this when we come back, what you're talking about, see, we can create this. We don't have to go on a nine-month journey. We can really create this. And yet, even with the invitation to create that sacred space, we don't do it. Even with the invitation to honor something in nature, we don't do it. And here's what's at risk. What's at risk is such a harm to the soul, such a harm to the earth, such a harm to ourselves. And we don't even know it. When we come back, we're going to talk about creating space, but we're going to also talk about what can we learn from these beautiful rays? What can we learn when we put it all together? When we put together the spiritual practice, the honoring of earth, when we put together the lessons of the elders, when we put together crystals, when we put together the directions, what can we learn from the stories that can help you change your life today? That's what this book brings forward. And by the way, First Nations Crystal Healing is so much more than what you think it is. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Even though your home base is one Enneagram type, you have characteristics of all the types. Tune in to Enneagram Conversations with Renee Siegel the second and fourth Monday of each month at 4 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn how you can unlock your unlimited potential. Visit YouArePurePotential.com for more about Renee and her work. That's the letter U, the letter R, PurePotential.com. Have you heard about shifting the collective vibration and consciousness on the planet? Join me, Kimberly Barrett, on the Sharing Love and Light show every first and third Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern at TransformationTalkRadio.com to explore the depth of vibration and consciousness on our planet and learn how you can shine your love and light. To learn more, visit SharingLoveAndLightShow.com. Can you truly say that you know and love yourself? Corny Cottrell is an author, speaker, and 21-year active duty Master Chief with the U.S. Navy, here to encourage you to take back your power and live your life with intention and purpose. Tune in to Unapologetically Favored every fourth Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. Walk in your purpose. Visit unapologeticallyfavored.com to learn more about Courtney. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The power of inspiration and awakening radio with Julia Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Learn how to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles share stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, milestogocoaching.com. Does your life often feel like an emotional tsunami where rogue waves crash down on you, leaving you feeling hopeless and wondering if it will ever end? Do you wish to awaken the dormant strength inside of you? Imagine what it would be like to turn your pain into purpose. Start today by scheduling a complimentary consultation with Martinet. Dive into your healing journey and begin to see your life in a new light. Visit martineemmons.com and make your appointment today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So great to have you. First Nation Crystal Healing, working with the teachers of the Mineral Kingdom. Uh, Luke Blue Eagle joining me here today. A powerful book. And, you know, what we've been talking about so far is talking about what, Luke, what you said earlier in the book, what you said about there are three, you know, there are three preliminary requirements, just three, just three. And you take us on a journey of how to do that. And that is beautiful in itself. And then we get to experience the power of crystals because we're getting hit with 5G everywhere now, right? The phones, everything. You know, we live in an electromagnetic world. And I guarantee you, if you ask 20 people how many of them have taken their shoes off and walked on the grass in their backyard, the answer would probably be like close to none. And what you're inviting us to do is connect with all of that in whatever way we can learn how to do that. See, because you're sharing it through stories, but you're also sharing it through teachings. Um, how can we best understand the power of First Nation crystal healing? What have been some of the experiences that you're bringing forward in the book for people to understand the healing nature of this? Well, not an easy question. How to portray that so people can understand is uh, is not an easy question. I really don't know how to go about it. Uh, the um, the crystals are amplifiers and transformers of energy, you know. And so, the most powerful energy that there is on planet Earth is a human being, because a human being has two things that the other beings on Earth don't have. Uh, the animals don't have free will. They do exactly what they're supposed to be doing, what we call the original instructions. You know, they follow their instinct. They know where to go in winter. They know where to go in summer. They know what to eat. And everything they do is a contribution to the natural world. Nothing that they do is harmful to the natural world. The same thing with the plants and the same thing with the uh, minerals and the same thing with the elements. Everything is working together to create a beautiful world. The only one in there that has a power of choice, what we call free will, is a human being. And the reason he has this free will is because he has the power of creation. He can invent things or, or he can go to co-creation, which is much different from invention. Invention is what we're doing now with technology. It's, it's creating things that are dead. But if you go to co-creation, that is that you're creating with the laws of the universe. You're creating with the laws of nature, paradise. This is what the people had. They had paradise. 
Before the coming of civilization, people were living in paradise. They left paradise when they went into civilization. And there's a process there of fear that creates that. If you're working with fear, if you're working from a place of fear, well, then you will create a world where there's strife and where there's difficulties. But if you're working out of a place of love and harmony with the natural world, well, you're going to create beautiful environments that are sustaining all forms of life and that will sustain you. This is why the people didn't need to work very hard in prior, prior to civilization, because everything that they needed grew around them. You know, the, 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 universe, the world is full, you know, just there's so many things around you that are edible uh, that you don't even have to yeah. cultivate, you know, and it's, it's an incredible world. You know, this is why they had so much time to devote to the many beautiful handicraft articles that they did. You know, when the people saw the beauty of a, a Native American handicraft, why is it that they have such beauty in the, the things they make? It's because they have time to yeah. exercise their talents with this uh, because they don't have to work all day, you know, because they are a part of the universe and the universe will supply everything that we need if we are in the spirit of co-creation, if we're working in harmony with the universe in which we live in. So this is what we have to come back to, where we're actually gods and goddesses of the earth, you know, because everything will respond, respond to our needs and desires. You know, the animals, they weren't afraid of us in the beginning. This is only a recent occurrence. You know, and even if man goes to a place where animals have never seen a man, they're not afraid of men. You know, this is a conditioning that comes from men being violent and eating animals, you know, because we haven't got the mm -hmm. teeth for, for eating animals. You know, we, we've got the teeth for eating grass, actually. That's what the teeth that we have, you know, and the digestive system that we have. And in ancient times, you know, the only ones that would eat animals are the ones living in the, in the north, in the high north where there was the season to grow things. And even there, there was a lot of uh, edible plant life that they would eat uh, because they would store some. And their bodies are not quite made the same either, you know. And they have such respect for the animals. You know, they communicated with the animals. The animals mm -hmm. would come to them to give themselves. This is a whole different ballgame, you know. Uh, the, 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 the torture that they're putting animals through to eat them in, in the... the uh, Places where they cultivate them inside these huge houses, there is, is atrocious compared to, you know, the people, you know, the, the old, I, I bet these elders, you know, they would, they would sit, they said, the next day they were going hunting. So the evening they would sit with their drum and then they would tell us the next morning, okay, tomorrow we're going to this place. Mm -hmm. It's at that place. And then there's going to be two moose coming out at that place. And then we do our, our prayer. And then one of them will come forward, and that's the one that it's giving yeah. himself, you know. And every and it would happen exactly the way he said, you know. And and so it, it's quite a different, you know. There's no fear in the eyes of the moose, and so there's no fear mm -hmm. in the body that you're eating, you know. So you're not eating a, 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 an animal that's been tortured, mm -hmm. and and eating all that emotion that's inscribed in the cellular. Um, makeup of that animal and the way they've lived, which is not healthy, and all the chemicals that are in there, 
uh, you're you're eating you know something that has meaning because mm -hmm. the moose has meaning the moose is a part of your life the the moose is you know you're acquiring also the medicine of the moose the moose is yeah. the one that teaches you self-confidence self-esteem you know he is very confident himself you know when the moose sends out the 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 mating call it's this big big sound you know he's very confident in what he is you know and um very gentle animals you know they're, they're incredibly gentle these and they're enormous you know they're the biggest you know so the and this is what they're teaching and so when you're eating the moose you're eating self-esteem you're eating self-confidence you're eating something that is teaching you a respect and unity with the natural world mm -hmm. around you so you know you know, I've seen kids, a little film in New York City, where they were asking, you know, where do eggs come from? Mm -hmm. says, oh, they come from the store. <laughs> they have no idea where the eggs come from. No, no, <laughs> no, believe me, I'm, I was that kid in New York. But I'll tell you what's interesting about what you said to me is, I grew up loving horses. Now, oh, I wonderful. lived in the Bronx, horse. Oh. Yeah, wow. I grew, I loved it. I made my dad take me for horseback riding lessons. I did not care how much it cost. I have no, see, I think the soul comes through and there's a connection. It doesn't matter that I grew up in the projects in the Bronx. It didn't matter any of that. There's this connection. And the first time I was invited out on my rite of passage, 10 days in the high desert, California, there's a, there's a phrase now we're using. It's coming from a, a movie that's out and it's called Fear is the Mind Killer. And I went out on this and completely opened. All of the things you talked about, I, I, I experienced but never imagined them. And this was my first time having an experience like this. It was an honor. It was different. But out in the field, there were these horses. Now, this is the high desert. There's about, I'd say, eight of them. And I could see them. And off I went. And I walked and I walked and I walked. And I didn't know behind me, everybody was yelling and screaming, because when you're out there, you can't hear people yelling and screaming. You know, you can't, you, you just don't hear it. I was so focused. I was so drawn to them but they were afraid for me. I wasn't afraid, but they were afraid to me, for me. And those are moments you never forget when you just walk from a place of total love and connection and they never moved. And I just kept walking and I knew enough when to stop. I knew enough when to stop. See, I didn't really want anything from them. I just wanted to be next to them. I just want to be part of that. They didn't move. They just, they were there. They didn't move. And it's hard to explain that to people that have not had that experience. And it was one of many that I've had. But from a young age, that had to be an animal that was going to be important to me in my life. And I've since learned quite a bit about it. But what if we could all have that experience? 
see, what if we could all, even if it's not that, what if we could connect with nature, connect with the traditions that are so meaningful to bring us back to our center, to bring us back to our humanity? Because isn't that what's really at risk here? Yep. Right? Isn't that what's at risk? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. To the point where we're making decisions and we forget the magnificence of the gifts that we were given here on earth. You know, we've already been harmful to each other beyond imagination. Yep. But what you're asking us and bringing forward in this book is a way to heal. And even if people have not been out in the desert or have not had experiences or, you know, I got lost in the desert and a turkey vulture took me home, honestly. I mean, you know, there are things that you may never experience, but it doesn't stop us from trying this, from starting, right? Isn't that your invitation in the book? It's to say, here it is. There's a a way to, to, uh, in the book, to even a person living in a city, to start connecting with the basic life form that is crystalline. Mm -hmm. And uh, through, you know, something that is very easily acquired, and that is really a part of nature, a living part of nature, and connecting and understanding that something that they've always considered to be inanimate is actually a living being and will have uh, an effect on them yeah. and they can establish relationship with it and have a, an evolving relationship with it. Uh, seeing over time how their relationship with what they thought was an inanimate object would change and understanding that this is a living being and that experience will connect them with nature because everything is nature our human nature is nature and we don't have to go all that far but what we do need to do and that's is very important is put our feet back on the path of restoring nature and the only way to do that is to envision the day when every family is going to grow its own food yeah that's the only way we're going to come back to reality yeah and how what a beautiful experience that is luke blue eagle everybody thank you so much for joining me here today please tell people how they can find out more about you how they can get a copy of the book uh yes um fairly easy to find you can uh uh Get on the web and look for Luke Blue Eagle. I think you'll find me. I have a blog. Yes. Which is blueeagle1.net. And um, there's also a link tree. We just recently, I don't have it by heart, so I wouldn't be able to give it to you right now, but maybe you can send it to the people next week. I have all my websites. There's a beautiful website that you might want to find us where you can find my books, some crystals, Uh, My music and my perfumes, I created shamanic natural perfumes, and that would be blueeagleshop.com. 